entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. The show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. That's you, by the way, so you can inspire others. My guest with me today is David Matson. Hi, David. How are you, sir? I'm well. Thank you for having me. David Manson, along with two other folks we'll, we will talk about briefly, came up with a book, wrote a book, a great book called The Success Cadence, subtitle Unleash Your Organization's Rapid Growth Culture. Well, that kind of gets my attention. Um, so, David Matson, let me do a brief introduction. He is the CEO and president of Sandler Training. He oversees the corporate direction and strategy for the company's global operations, including sales, marketing, consulting, alliances, and support. David's key areas of focus are sales leadership, strategy, and client satisfaction. David is also a best-selling author, sales and management leader, keynote speaker, and leader for sales training seminars all over the world. So our standard joke on the Business Builder Show, that's all good, David, but now you hit the big time. You're on the Business Builder Show. (laughs) Finally, finally. Finally. I've been petitioning now for years. (laughs) It took Lori Ames to get you here, but hey, Uh you know, this is good. So the book, David, is The Success Cadence Unleash Your Organization's Rapid Growth Culture. Before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about your co-authors, because that's part of the, the magic of this book, is it not? It is, you know, um, Tom Shordorf, Bart Finelli, they were part of a very unique organization. Um, the company's called Splunk. Some may have heard it, some may have not. They, but basically, they're an organization that does big data. Uh, they were brought in very early into the organization's life cycle, and they went from 30 million to at the time of the writing now, it's 1.6 billion. Mm, and they mm. went to the 1.2 billion in five years, Marty. I mean, that was just an, a tremendous growth curve. They're mm. hiring hundreds of people at a time. Um, they're going into market, trying to educate in a new marketplace. So they had to do an awful lot of things. Mm-hmm. But many mm-hmm. of us as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, we dream, right, to go from 30 million to 1.2 billion in five years. I mean, how does that work? Mm-hmm. And, the, and we really, focused in on what they've done um, because we were part of that journey at Sandler uh, in that book. And that's what we've captured. It's really a playbook on how to, I wouldn't say replicate what they've done because every business is different, but what was the playbook that they followed? And that's really what we've captured. Yeah. The, uh, the success cadence. Now that certainly gives us a clue, but me more detail on the title of the book. What do you mean, or where did it kind of? Maybe that's going to answer the question. Like, what's it about? I guess. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes people come to us and say, David, you know, what's the path to success, or how do I scale? 
I'm awesome at what I do, whether I'm an engineer or whether I do X, Y, and Z. That's how I grew up, but now I'm running this business. What's the playbook? What's the recipe for success? And of course, everybody wants to know what the recipe for Tom and Bart were because, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the technology field, everybody knows that story. And so what was it? And so what we said was, look, there is a recipe. There is a formula that people can scale. And how do you do that? Because you need to be working on the business, certainly not in the business. And so the cadence part is, here's the playbook. Here's what you can do. You know, you can pick bits and pieces, but certain parts of it you're going to have to be all in on. Mm -hmm. And if you follow this and you stay true to, you know, the path that you've created for yourself and you repeat it again and again and again. And that's that's another thing, Marty. And I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, we continually tinker, right? But there's certain things that we don't want you to tinker with. Once it gets going, just let it happen and it's going to get easier and easier and easier. And that's really what we've tried to explain is this is the cadence that you should be doing. This is what you should be doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Here's how you think. Here's what type of people that you should be bringing into the organization. Here's how you find them. Here's how you train them. Here's how you coach them. I wish I read this uh, 30 years ago. It would have been, it would have been helpful to me, David. You know? exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of people probably say that, you know. Yeah, roadmap, uh, guidelines, model, whatever right words you, you you'd like to use with that. Um, let's start to get into what exactly is in the book. You spend a lot of time in the book, and you keep bringing it up. The words willing and able, willing yep. and able. So you actually have a matrix that you write in there and you, you keep referring to during the book. So tell me more about willing and able and however you want to explain that to us. Sure. I think, you know, we're only as good as our people, right? So we're never going to scale. Um, all roads can't lead to me as an example for the entrepreneur. So I need a team around me. And really what we're talking about here is skill, will, right? Willing and able. Mm -hmm. And so... This book says, let's do willing first. Uh, we need people who are willing to do what it takes to succeed, mm -hmm. who are willing to make sure that the good of the company becomes before entitlement. Um, and oftentimes we can see this sometimes as entrepreneurs when you have people, let's say in a comfort zone, when you know that they're probably operating on 70% of their capacity, but what's holding them back, mm -hmm. right? Maybe it's fear of failure, fear of success, or maybe they're just happy with the income that they're making at this point in time, so they don't want to stretch. Mm -hmm. But you need people who are willing to get out of the comfort zones, who are willing to do the things necessary every single day. So that's the willing part. Now, you're going to find an awful lot of people. By the way, Marty, everybody on an interview is willing. Hey, do you <laughs> right. do that? Absolutely. Sure. God, I'm just, I'm, I love doing that, you know, so yeah. whatever it is. But, but we know that that's not necessarily true. In case in point, I have somebody on my staff and they are able to do conferences, but they're unwilling. They just said, look, I don't like to do it. I don't want to do it. Now, they were upfront about it, which is unusual because mm -hmm. oftentimes you see people who are capable, but for whatever reason, mm -hmm. just don't want to make that journey. And sometimes they don't even know it. The, the able part is we have to make sure that we give them the skills, we give them the experiences and the coaching and training to have all the tools necessary to, to succeed at their job and to you know, blow through whatever the goals that they have. And oftentimes we find 
good people out there or we hire from our competitors who are experienced people and think that they're able. Mm. Well, mm. maybe they are in certain parts, but as we try to do all the things that we have to do in order to keep this hockey stick growth going on, what you're able to do today, we may, you know, there may be gaps in what you're good at in mm-hmm. the future. And we need to make sure that we're constantly as leaders moving people through this quadrant to get up to they are 100% willing and 100% able. Because if you're able but unwilling, it doesn't much matter, right? And if you're you're willing but unable, I can fix that through coaching. I can fix that through training. Or, or maybe I can't fix it, but there's a lot I can do there. And mm-hmm. I think the faster you understand who's who on your staff, the better off you are. People. What a concept. Um, yeah, people. Um, so I am speaking with David Matson, M-A-T-T-S-O-N. He is the president and CEO of Sandler Training. You can go to Sandler.com. Is that correct? Sandler.com, David? It is. Yep. And there are some resources on there, is there not, in terms of uh, Sandler.com, other things on there? Tell me about sure. that. Sure. Yeah, there's the resources we've got. Um blogs. We have How to Succeed podcast is there. We actually have access to our content library. Mm -hmm. There's some samplings of webinars and podcasts and a lot of other things that we have. It gives you a good sampling, but also there's a, you know, it's a little about what we do. And and of course, we have 265 training centers Mm -hmm. and it gives you an overview of where they're located because from an entrepreneurial perspective, we have a training center in every city. So um, owners, entrepreneurs, leaders can go and plug in with other leaders from different industries, which is sounds odd in the beginning, but it's amazing when you find out that other people have the similar types of problems or how did they solve their problems in addition to getting great stuff from Sandler. Yeah. So the book, again, is The Success Cadence. Subtitle is very important. Unleash Your Organization's in capital letters, it says rapid growth culture. Um, I like that thought process because we like rapid growth culture, or at least you should if you're a sales leader and a CEO. So that was kind of a segue to I found it really interesting. I found the whole book interesting. But talk to me more about the importance of the, I guess I'll call it the sales leader and the CEO slash executive group. Um, you dwelt a lot you you spent a lot of time on that uh how important that is so talk to me more about that great so this makes sense but most of us don't follow it and what, what does that mean david well who in the organization is in front of the buyers most frequently is it our marketing group is it our technology group it's sales Mm-hmm. Sales is in front of net new eyes, net new ears, more than anyone in the organization. Sales can tell you what the needs are, what's percolating in the industry, what the competition is doing. They know those types of things because they're in the front lines every single day. Now, so put that aside for a second. Most organizations are set up where we've got a product department, we have an accounting, we have legal, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very siloed and right. that's just how it works. Right. And in a lot of organizations, product comes up with what we're going to be selling. Here's <laughs> a great new widget that we have over here. Marketing spins it up, so it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and now sales has to go out and sell it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that works great. 
But oftentimes you're going to hear people, how can, who made that? I mean, who's ever talked to anybody? That, oh, that's heck? not going to solve the problem. How am problem. I going to sell this? Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, and everybody says when it's a slow mover, people say, hey, listen, our salespeople really need to be trained or they're uh, not doing their job, yeah, right? It's not yeah. anything else. So, and I think we all can, ex- we've all experienced that. We all can put ourselves in that position in some way, shape or fashion. You've experienced what I've said. Mm-hmm. Here's the premise. Uh, we believe that sales should play the, the forefront. They should play the primary role in the direction of an organization. Now, the CEO and the executive board, of course, they run the company. But we're suggesting that you put more power, more um, autonomy, more control with the sales group. Liz, look, sales brings in revenue. Revenue makes all the machines work within the organization. Mm. They're ultimately going to be responsible for, did we hit our numbers or did we not? We can blame product all day long. We can say we didn't get any marketing support, but ultimately we didn't hit the revenue numbers because the sales weren't made. So if they have that ultimate responsibility, why don't we give them control and say, look, you help us tell us what types of products and services that you see that are coming up and what do we need in the marketplace and let the product people make it. But, mm. but you should be having a bigger seat at the table saying, this is what we're seeing. This is the type of help that I need in marketing. This is what we need here. Hey, listen, that comp program that you've made up because you have an accounting background and really does make sense <laughs> on paper, it doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah. So, been there. Yeah, exactly. Been so, there. Yeah, so let us, if, if I'm going to go down with the ship, then let me drive the ship, yeah. right? Let me I'm be in you. control of that. Yeah. And that's a really hard thing for most organizations to do. And why is that? Because we look at sales as the most uh, undisciplined group in any organization, right? Hey, look, I went to school to be an accountant or an engineer or wherever it is. And I went through a lot of schooling to do that. Well, in sales, I guess if you didn't really do any of those things and you're unqualified to do anything else in the business world, you should go in sales. And that is such... That's baloney. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And that's a farce. But I'm a sales guy, so I'm I'm on your team here. Exactly. So that's how it, but that's the perception, right? And and because in fairness, it's not systematized as much as other parts of the organization. It's super scary, right? It's super scary, especially as a, as a leader, if we didn't grow up in the sales organization and we grew up in other parts, right? There's this push pull thing going on since the beginning of time. You know, hey, those salespeople, what do they do except play golf? I mean, I don't know. I don't see any of them on Mondays or Fridays. I mean, right. they must be having one heck of a weekend, yeah. you know. But <laughs> sales in general is on the electric chair every single day. And so the premise of the book, Marty, is that let sales drive the ship because they're ultimately responsible for the success anyways. And that doesn't mean everyone else doesn't get a seat at the table. They do. But – we should be sales focused. And we've always heard things like, hey, you should be customer focused and the uh, the voice of the customer, all yeah. good stuff. But, yeah. and I'll yeah. take very large technology companies. They, they look at themselves as product companies. The right. product right. will save the day. Oh, we need a better widget. Okay, how about we need better salespeople? How about we have to make sure that we're focused on everything that we can do organizationally to have the best product, the best people in front of our organization. I'll give you another example. In sales, we sometimes have sales engineers or service. Mm -hmm. They're run by two different groups of people. 
<laughs> and they never see eye to eye. Right. I mean, the service people say sales. Why would they 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 sell stuff that we don't even have? Um, you know, they bring me in too late. They bring me in too early. Uh, salespeople said, why am I going to bring these people in? Because it took me six months to get this relationship. And in about six and a half minutes, this person ran their mouth and blew up my relationship. <laughs> so, so we've heard it. Oh, oh, yeah. 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 We've heard it. Uh, but let me jump in, David. Um because you said a couple words there that I want to go a little deeper on. The first one is uh, you talked about, well, you're an accountant, so you went to school, you got a degree, degree, all that kind of stuff. You go into much detail in terms of virtual training and certification. Mm-hmm. I love the due diligence of that. I, I, I love the, uh, and I love the idea of a calendar. You actually laid out a calendar. First quarter looks like this. Second quarter looks like this. But part of that at the beginning of all this is, first of all, I'm going to summarize it a little bit. You, mm-hmm. The sales leader uh, and that senior team get in the, we'll use the ship analogy again, get in the boat, get in the boat together and agree, here's where we want to go and, we, and sales needs the support to make that all happen. The chief financial officer has to be on board if you have to do some hiring. So I kind of said that quickly. But mm-hmm. talk to me about the detail that you go into in terms of virtual training certification. Now, I know that's a long conversation. Shorten that up as best you can for me. Sure. When we're, when we're onboarding individuals, I think that the faster we can get them from hire to profitability, the better off we are. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're hiring lots of people, most owners, leaders think that their job is done once they've hired them. Well, that's, that's a farce. It's now just beginning. And if you want them to become willing and able, you have to bring them into your system. Mm -hmm. So onboarding, in my mind, is probably one of the most important things that you can do because you're going to bring them into your culture. You're going to show them what's important to you, and you're going to give them the tools to succeed versus, hey, Marty, you've done this for 20 years. Just have at it, baby. That's not hockey stick growth. Mm -hmm. And there's another thing that onboarding does. Onboarding weeds out the people you shouldn't have hired. I love I mean, that. Think about this. Yeah, yeah think about I love the stories that. in the old days about Xerox, right? You would go to the Xerox school, yeah. and if you didn't make exactly. it, they'd send you home. That's exactly I mean, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why have so, we changed? <laughs> right. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's that type of thing. So the reason why the virtual is when you're having people come in for that initial training, um, why start there? You should give them things that they should be doing mm-hmm. at home before they get there. Mm-hmm. Here's the product stuff. Here's what we do. Here's how we do it. And then you should certify them. You should test them. That do they ha- Did they understand it? Did they actually do it? Because let's just stop there for a second. Most organizations don't have that laid out. Correct. You, yeah. Correct. You know, I'm with thousands of owners a year. And if I say, hey, look, write down all the things that you want your sales force to become proficient in absolute machines in, in order to be successful, they come up with like five things. Well, Mm. there's much more than that, right? Mm -hmm. So you should, first tip, create a list of things that they should absolutely be great at. Second thing, put them in order of priority because certain things they don't have to know for the second, third, fourth year. Certain things they should know, like uh, how about a 30 second commercial? How about a company history? They should know that up front, right? And then- Yes. Give them examples. There's the third thing they should be doing. So, and I'll use 30 second commercial. If you think they should have an elevator pitch, which I do, give them a sample of one. Don't just say, hey, you should have an elevator pitch because then you've got everyone making up their own stuff. And make sure they can do it well. So the whole role modeling thing, people kind of like freak out over that. 
but but that's important. Make sure they can do it well. And you you do a nice job. You and your co-authors do a nice job of explaining the details. Again, my guest is uh, David Matson, M-A-T-T-S-O-N. He is with Sandler Training. You can go to Sandler.com. His book is The Success Cadence, Unleash Your Organization's Rapid Growth Culture. Um, David, we're kind of running out of time, but I do want to ask this question um, because I think it's important to the sales leaders or want to be leaders who are listening to us. You talk about this in the book also. I can, uh, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking there's going to be sales leaders saying to themselves, my God, (laughs) I got to do a lot of new things differently. So talk to me about the fact that it looks like some sales leaders might have to change in this, the success cadence process, if you will. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think the Achilles heel of any organization is uh, middle management. Upper management wants it. Salespeople want to be successful, and so does every other employee. The ones who have to reinforce it and make it part of our DNA is sales leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in training, Marty, I said if sales leadership's not supporting it, it's a social donation. I mean, you might as well just go buy lottery tickets, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think what we have to do is to make sure our sales leaders understand. Um, they also have to be willing, willing and able. And able. There you go. They have yeah. to, the sales leaders have to be willing and able to follow the process, if you will, but yeah. to continue to learn and change exactly. and improve, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they they can shape the plan, but they're going to have to keep to it. And, and there will be a million balls going. And when they need a salesperson and they've got somebody that's got the experience but is really unwilling to do the things that are necessary, you have to say no. You've got to move on and find somebody else. And that's really hard when you've got a quota to hit. It's really hard when that yep. person has 10 years of experience, but there's no way they're gonna fit into this culture that you've built. And you just have to be upfront about it and, and be disciplined, yeah. which is hard. And this book gives you that model to follow, but let's, I'm going to go off script a little bit, but I know you'll know the answer to this uh, or give me feedback I'm, I'm really asking for. Some of what you're asking sales leaders to do, to sit in front of or collaborate with that CEO and that chief financial officer and the marketing director it might take a little courage, David. Would you agree or disagree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that you have to have the conviction that you're on the right path. And let's face it, if all roads lead to you, many, many times for the last X amount of your career, it's been easy to say, hey, why don't you just give me something great to sell? I mean, that's why we didn't hit our numbers. Mm. I mean, hey, listen, that comp program that you guys did, no one's selling. Of course, they're sandbagging because they're waiting for next year's comp program. Mm. But mm. you have to be now accountable. And some people shy away from that and some people thrive. Mm. If you mm. shy away from it, this road is not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. You need to have uh, courage. You need to be willing mm-hmm. and able as you really lay out very nicely. Uh, David, we're down to our last uh, uh, minute or so. What did I miss? Did you want to make sure you drive home to sales leaders or C-suite leaders or anybody? Talk to me about you know the last uh, parting idea, if you will. Well, I think you have to make a, a commitment that the end result is more attractive to you than the pain it's going to take to get there. And you're going to second guess. And I think the more that you openly communicate and, and know that you can pivot and you can adjust along the way, 
the better off that you are. But look at it as a marriage, right? There's going to be ups and downs, but you just stick with it and, and keep moving. But it's easy to say, this isn't working. Mm. And you have to just say, well, what's not working? And be very specific and, and know up front, because I've done this myself in my own company, you, you're going to have to start weeding people out who are either unwilling or unable. Amen. And it's hard. Amen. Yeah. It's hard, but hard. It's, it's, it's critically important. You got to do it. So my guest has been David Matson, and he is the CEO and president of Sandler Training. You can go to Sandler.com. Uh, you can see all the resources that are there. I would strongly suggest you buy this book as fast as possible, The Success Cadence, Unleash Your Organization's Rapid Growth Culture. And I can see where this would work, and they bring examples into the book of how it did work. So, David Matson, thank you for being a guest on The Business Builders Show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to The Business Builders Show. To learn more about me, and I'm Marty Wolf, go to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. That's MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. To learn more about Kelly Hoey, go to her website, which is jkellyhoey.co. That's jkellyhoey.co. And, of course, you can find Kelly and Marty on LinkedIn and Twitter. A reminder, you can find all our Business Builders shows on iTunes, Spotify, and on your favorite podcast app. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.